Hey everybody, thanks for checking out this week's episode of My First Sketch at MyFirstSketch.com. I'm Josh Hyam. As always, you can subscribe to the show on iTunes or on SoundCloud. You can get it automatically that way. You can like the podcast on Facebook at Facebook.com slash MyFirstSketch. You can email me at Josh at MyFirstSketch.com. Or you can follow me on Twitter at Josh Highfalls. Hope everyone had a good holiday in whatever form that takes. If it's family time, if it's friend time, me time. We're just watching Merry Christmas, Mr. Bean, because I watch that every year. It's the best. Today's guest is Joe Tuzzi, currently one half of the hosting tandem of Too Late with Rob and Joe. His first sketch, Not the News, comes from his time in a group called Corn Teeth. Joe plays the role of Jonathan, the new news anchor. Sean Keegan Landis reads for Mallory, the veteran news anchor. And I am the director, and I give any stage directions you need to know. So let's get to the sketch. Not the news. Scene open. Set of nightly news. Mallory, the seasoned vet, and Jonathan, the new co-host, are on stage. Jonathan just can't talk like everybody else. The news music begins to play, and the camera focuses on Mallory. Good evening, and welcome to the evening news. I'm your host, Mallory White, and I would like to welcome, for the first time, Jonathan Miller. Thank you, Mallory. I'm so excited to join the evening news. Mallory is frustrated by Jonathan's mumble. She grimaces but maintains her professionalism. And we are excited to have you. Tonight's first story, local retiree Justin Hancock won the Cash Five last night. It was his 98th birthday. What a great gift. Death row missed out today when Governor Corbett pardoned convicted murderer Ralph Miller. No relation. <laughs> when we return, Alex Yoko with the weather forecast for tomorrow. Cameras stop rolling and Mallory turns to Jonathan to confront him about not using a newsworthy voice. Hey, Jonathan, I have to tell you that you are not um, projecting enough for the show. Doesn't sound very professional when you speak like that. Uh, nobody can hear you. I remember how nervous I was my first time. I'm not nervous. Ten seconds. I'm, I'm sorry, John. D- just try to speak a little slower. See if that helps. And five, four, three, two. Welcome back. And now for the weather report. Here is Joe Collier. The camera stopped rolling and Mallory looks to Jonathan like he's nuts. Jonathan, what the heck was that? What? Back in five, four, three, two. Thank you, Joe. AM Champagne is recalling all of the champagne sent out for the last two weeks. Apparently, a large amount of flies got into the champagne at the factory, and now every bottle seems to have at least one in it. Well, that's just Gross. When we return, Allie Fields with traffic. The camera stopped rolling and Mallory again turns to Jonathan, but this time she's pissed. What the heck, Jonathan? That was embarrassing and incredibly rude. Why? Because I I slowed down? I was only taking your advice, Mallory. Ten seconds. If you can't fix this problem, you're not going to make it. You have to be direct, clear, and loud enough for everyone to hear you. I promise I'll do better. Five, four, three... Two. Local boy Jerry Abbott has officially collected 10,000 spoons and is going to attempt to enter the Guinness Book of World Records. Breaking news! A plane-carrying British boy band played safe, whose hit song, Kiss the Kids Goodbye, recently reached number one in the charts, has crashed into the Rocky Mountains. No word on any survivors. And now smarts! Camera stops rolling and Mallory once again turns to Jonathan in disgust. What the fuck?! 
You're an embarrassment. This is the big leagues. Are you a professional or not? You know, don't answer that. In fact, you don't need to do anything ever again. Not for the station. You're never going to have a broadcasting job again. And if you think I'm kidding. Mallory, calm down. Calm down? He's a piece of shit anchor. He really can't figure out how the fuck to talk? You're a waste of life. You should kill yourself. Stop, Mallory. Five, four, three, two. Well then, that's your evening news for the night. I'm Mallory White. And I'm Jonathan Miller. Remember, Philly, life has a funny way of sneaking up on you. Just kill yourself. The news music begins to play and lights dim out. I wonder why that got no laughs. (laughs) Hey, Joe. Hi. So... Where did this idea come from? Oh God! Um, I was watching. So I was I was in my one hundred and one improv s- sketch class. Okay. With with Brian Kelly, and I, we just had to do a fish out of water sketch. This was my first attempt at a fish out of water sketch. So your fish out of water is a guy that's bad at his job. Basically. Yes, basically. Okay. Uh, and I was watching the news, and I just thought, you know, what would be funnier about funny in the news if one person was just really bad, at <laughs> really bad at reading the news. Really, uh, you know, left field thought <laughs> process there. Just, just a guy who sucks. What if someone's just not good at his job? <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, so 101 with Brian Kelly. When was this? Ooh, 2013 uh, ish. Uh, it, yeah. it says September 2013. Uh, so, so this is I, I uh, this is my second draft of the sketch. I couldn't find the first draft. Okay. I promise you, this is just as bad as the first sketch. I don't believe you. First draft. Yep. Uh, yeah. And um, so I was in class, and we had to write the sketch, and I brought it in, and, <laughs> and uh, Brian ripped it apart. <laughs> what do you remember anything of like? Why well, Brian and Joe Moore, who was shadowing the class? Okay. <laughs> so I brought this in, and the first thing Brian goes is. I love the Alanis Morissette references, and Joe interrupts him and goes, "That's the worst fucking thing I ever heard in this sketch." <laughs> see, like, so right away, I was like, "Okay, that's good." See, I don't. Now I'm not a the, yeah, Alanis Morissette aficionado. They're all lines from the song "Ironic." Wait, what? Yep. Where? Uh, they're like vague, but like the old man winning the lottery ticket, he dies the next day. Death Row inmate is a line. Of, they're all lines from the song. Oh, uh, like. I see, up okay, a little I see bit. what you're saying. Okay. So it's not like actual quotes from the Yeah, so I didn't okay. even really write this sketch. I took Alanis <laughs> Morris's so- song and just layered it. Flies in the Champagne, is that yeah, a thing? Yeah, at some point that's part of the song. <laughs> There's Okay, never mind. So that's why the guy's name is, is that Yep. It's a Dave Coulier. Yep, it's a yep. Dave Coulier joke. Wow. <laughs> okay. So I hit every almost every <laughs> trope you shouldn't do in a sketch. I hit in this sketch. Well, I mean, it's not like I don't think anyone's. I think the problem with it is that no one, there, it's not hit hard enough. Yeah, I, more I than pulled back a little too much. That I think at this yeah. point. Yeah. Like, okay, so, but you mentioned that this actually was performed uh, four times, four different ways, <laughs> four different like. Yep. So, all right, who's performing it? What what's this? group where so it's it corn teeth which was a short-lived <laughs> sketch group oh damn thank thank you ghost uh <laughs> corn teeth was me rob aliciani mallory Rhodes, sophia piero adam steiger sean sullivan pat siervo i'm missing somebody other people directed by adam siri for a, a very short time <laughs> uh yeah 
and this was part of our first and only set of shows. Okay, <laughs> okay, because like you mentioned that group of names, like they're all people that are still doing things yeah, for the most part. Almost like, all, literally, I don't think there was one person in that group besides Haley who moved, right? Who, who isn't still around doing stuff? It was just we were all improvisers who, mm-hmm. I, and I was the only one who had taken. Me and Pat were the only t- two who have taken. And, even and a one on one class. And Pat Sherwood was good. Pat Sherwood keeps doing sketch. <laughs> he knows yeah, what he's, he's a doing. Sketch person. Yeah. Uh, so he was, we were the only two who took any sketch classes or ever wrote anything, and this was it. Okay. So you can imagine how that went. <laughs> uh, but uh, you do this, so you have a run of shows, and you say you do this four different ways. Four different ways. Uh, so I wasn't, I forget who played who, but at one point I wasn't the newscaster, and then I was was and went back and forth. Mm-hmm. And each, the first night it bombed so bad, we started the show with this. <laughs> Uh, and it was packed. So it was like the the packed Thursday night show. Who do you remember? Like who you're opening for? <sighs> probably, f- probably Dog Mountain or Flat Earth. One of the almost things. almost every time I've done sketch at the Philly Improv Theater, I've opened for Dog Mountain. Right. Okay. For some I, reason, I remember you saying that like a couple months ago, where you're like, it's always Dog Mountain. Like, I think they're always like Joe does something weird <laughs> that matches Dog Mountain. <laughs> uh, it's all right. So corn teeth doesn't exist after that like no one show you guys sort yeah for the most do part. other things yeah. like float off to different projects what else do you do sketch wise now uh most of my sketch writing i've had a few short-lived sketch groups mm-hmm. i'm on a roll baby. <laughs> just uh, i did a sketch duo porcelain pig if you want to call it a sketch duo with andrew coppola okay where we we booked two shows and twice showed up without sketches. That's not a sketch show. Nope. I mean, I, I we <laughs> did had some. Our sketches just weren't polished enough to put up. Right. And uh, we didn't know our lines. Um, Jeez. in a duo sketch show. So we had some good. There were some good sketch moments in there and stuff. We had full sketches, but it was like in between. The first time we did it, we were like sketch, improv sketch, sketch, improvise sketch, <laughs> to like cover our asses. Uh, it didn't work. But you are you I. So are you? Do you consider yourself mostly uh, a improv I'm, person? Yeah, I am then? mostly improv. I think most of my sketch writing now comes to for like too late or mm. for like a one man show I'm doing or for a theme show or something weird. Uh, I like bigger projects, so I'm working on a couple things that are right going to be an hour and a half long. Like I'm not going to put them up for a few months. Uh, I'm weird. I okay. either like huge over the top budget, like I need money for projects, right. or like blackout sketches, and yeah. that's it. Because we met doing Up All Night, Up All Night yep. which is Fitz new, write a full show in 24 hours. What a great show. That was a fun show. Uh, we th- we did have a great show. I, I thought it was a really funny, really weird. weird. So weird. Um, it had the potential to be even weirder, but like we, we did pull it, we back. We reel back because of time. <laughs> <laughs> we and didn't have enough time to make it weirder. And the idea that we can't get on each other's shoulders or <laughs> trench coats weren't long enough. And, um. So you mostly so where do you get to Philadelphia's comedy? Uh, so how I got into it? Yeah, um, how do you find out? Yeah. about... so I was living in Conshohocken. Mm-hmm. I was just recently broke up with my ex of six years at the wow. time. Wow! So I needed also to feel you know something to do. And two of my friends took improv one hundred and one here and loved it. And they were like, "Hey, you should try this class." And I said, oh, "All right, I'll try it." Mm-hmm. Uh, and I almost skipped my first class. Who would have been in one hundred and one? Is there anyone in your improv one hundred and one that? Yeah, like so my so so my improv one on one there were there's only two of us left. Okay, uh, oh three of us now. It's me. Sean Sullivan was in okay. my one on one together, and then Olivia Luizzo. She's still around the scene. Okay. Uh, and have you gone through the full progression of? 
Yeah, I've been like I've done, done like, even to the conservatory. <laughs> yeah, like, I've done conservatory. I've done it all at Fit. Um, uh, and you did sketch. Oh, you, you've only done sketch one on one. Nope, I did two on one with Paul oh. Trigg also. So I did. You, okay, so through. who was in the sketch classes with you? Anyone like uh, one on one? Two is one on one. Like one on one, me. I think it's just me, Patiero. Oh, and and Max. Uh, Sinfield was okay. in my one on one, and I remember sitting next to Max and being like, "This is before I even like realized he was on big. He was on." What team was he on at the time? Davinger, yeah. Uh, I lost track of all the teams, and I, and so I'm sitting next to Max, and we're sitting, we, and I'm like, God, this guy's so funny. I really hate this guy so <laughs> much, because uh, he was just funnier than me by like a long shot. He still is. <laughs> I've just learned to accept that, and I like him as a person, so it worked. So there was like the three of us. I don't think anybody else from my one on one sketch show was sketch class, class yeah. is still around. Two hundred one. Two hundred one was. A lot, because we had a lot of buddies. So it was like me, Courtney Painter, Catherine Amarine, Jimmy Hake, uh, Anna from our okay. from our yeah, forty yeah. from our show, and then Gene Meyer, mm-hmm. uh, and there was like a couple <laughs> other kids who I don't know how they. That's got a pretty to big class. Yeah, it was like, it was a huge class. It was a good class. Um, like what's the timeline there? When did you do this? I mean, Sketch One Hundred One. 2003 so sketch 201 would have been oh 2000 i it took me like a year to get back get mm-hmm. back to the sketch 201 this first quarantine show killed me <laughs> <laughs> yeah it killed it killed me so so uh, wha- how yet also spawned too late so uh, <laughs> all right you, i mean you mentioned how how it killed you how do you from corn teeth to the next sketch project you do how long is that you think uh like a year okay yeah, it was a while and then i just realized i don't care if i fail okay that makes sense. No, that's a. I, I like to find. I don't know. I enjoy. I enjoy finding the humor in the failing. Mm-hmm. So if I go out there and bomb, I'm like, all right, well, I bombed. Yeah. How can I make this funny next time I do it? Yeah. Using it's that. Perfectly reasonable logic, I think. Um. So what were you? What were you into as a kid? What were you watching? What What was your comedy fandom? <laughs> so I'm weird. Uh, I grew up on TV Land. Okay. So I watched I Love Lucy. So Happy you Days. went. You're really old. I'm like. really old. Um, with your references, <laughs> with references, not your actual age. Uh, yeah, I'm only 29 in my actual age, so I'm getting up there. No. Uh, yeah, so I I loved Happy Days and all. all <laughs> I loved uh, everything of that, and then of course TGIF mm-hmm. was big for me. Like which, so, I was in what the actual sitcoms. shows on TGIF? Because like, I feel that there's a difference between like yeah. there's an there's definitely an arid switch. I guess like to Family me. Matters era. That okay. was more my style. Because it's so like the Family Matters Full House area. Yeah, that was definitely where, mine. Where I feel as it went later, it went even younger. It did. To it like the Boy Meets World. To Boy Meets World. And I loved Boy Meets Sabrina. World. Sabrina. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. And Sabrina was okay. Like it had its moments. But for me, it was Family Matters. Mm-hmm. I think I just always drew, I've always drew, drawn to sitcom style yeah. stuff. Like those weird, everyone smile at each other. I'm doing a dance move no one can see right now. <laughs> uh, styles of sitcoms, like with the weird character, like Urkel or the Fonz, like the, the, the outcast, the outlier. And then when do you get introduced to the ideas of sketch or improv? Uh, I did theater in high school, so that was like my first, and I always drew the comedy ones, but mm-hmm. really sketch and improv didn't come to me until college a little bit, and then after college, after my big breakup when I needed something to what, do. What, like what was your introduction to the idea of improv? Yeah, uh, I guess. As a comedy form. as a So I guess, I guess technically my first would be all that would have been my first into sketch and okay. stuff like that and that's that was when i laughed and had fun uh but not until i decided to take classes 
here did I really dive into it. I'm not I'm not a comedy nerd. I didn't grow up with stand up and stuff. So you're like that way more into doing it than now I'm watching and once I once I yeah. realized the world was here as much as it is, I dove in head first. I've rewatched every SNL since it started using like I could mm-hmm. and, and stuff like that. But growing up I was not into it as much as I wish I was. So, what were your hobbies like? Oh, I was an athlete. <laughs> okay, so you okay? So, sports was the. I, I did. F- I played football. I wrestled. I was in the choir. Okay. Uh, yeah, I did musicals, but like comedy wasn't. Which, looking back, it's like, damn, I missed out because I was the chubby, weird, funny kid in all of those situations. Yeah, if you saw Chris Farley at a certain so point, Chris, you like your life. Chris Farley is the one that fifteen stuck minutes out to me. earlier, like, Tommy like, Boy like, and all yeah. those. Yeah, but like. I didn't watch SNL really growing up, which I regret. Uh, now it's I a weird regret. I mean, that's not like. I mean, I regret because I would have maybe, <laughs> dis- maybe I would have discovered doing comedy you just start like four earlier, years earlier. Yeah. Uh, um, so all of that, I don't think I've talked to many people about all of that, and I don't have mu- much experience with it. Like, I know basic cast members and stuff. Yeah. Who's your favorite all that cast member? Oh, uh, Kel, and that's it's not even hard for me. Is that Kel was always my favorite because. And I and I didn't know why at the time I didn't realize because he was just weird. It's like why do I like this mm-hmm. weird guy? Why do I like the weird? And I realized like after being in comedy that the reason I like Kel is because he commits to what he does, yeah. no matter what it is. Like nobody else. Uh, when it got to Keenan and Kel, the orange soda, like mm-hmm. just that line resonates in me. It's like who loves orange soda? Kel loves orange soda. Just things like just the commitment he has. I didn't have cable growing up. Um, so like I wasn't aware of all that and everything. I knew Keenan from Mighty Ducks. Yes. And then Goodberg comes out, and I know that starts somewhere on Nickelodeon. I don't get it. Like I I remember seeing the movie <laughs> as a kid, and I'm I'm like, what what's going on here? What what's happening? Like, oh, I love that movie. Like it's just so. And so that's my only real, like, Kel experience growing up, and like I've seen him in stuff since, like and not that he does. Not even, no, not even that. I came in, but like, <laughs> and I've seen a couple episodes of all that because like they've start re-airing things. And he's disappeared too. Like yeah, he's he just is. coming back. There's now. this weird clickbait article that keeps coming up on my Facebook of like the SNL edition that ruined Keenan and Kel. I was like, one got it, one got it, one got it, one didn't. Like what? Yeah, that's all it was. That's it. The uh, end. They did have like apparently have like a feud. They, oh, didn't, they didn't talk to each other for years after that. Sorry that Keenan got picked and you didn't. Like, exactly. Um. Kel went on to own a bunch of shot restaurants down the south. Oh, good. Yeah. At least he's, you know. I, I've read so much about Kel, <laughs> and I'm probably, I might be confident. Are you his official biographer now? I like might as well. I mean, isn't that just editing Wikipedia <laughs> yeah, for him maybe. at this point? That's mean. Someone I idolize, I just <laughs> shit on. So, Too Late is the big thing. Yes. That I know, you know, Too Late with Rob and Joe, or Joe and Rob, I don't know how you guys. It's Rob and Joe. Uh, I'm sorry. No, we did, uh, I... I, I, I said Rob first. Okay. I like, Say it Rob and Joe. It sounds better than Joe and Rob. I, I don't know. I don't know if that's true, but it's just a dumb. That's how I picked. That's how we picked it. Like, um, Rob and Joe sounds better. So where does that come from? Uh, that came. That actually came. We were sitting at the Shubin. We met at the Shubin, and we were like, "Hey, do you want to do a show together?" Mm-hmm. We were both very new. We were just j- doing jams together, and uh, we both liked late night comedy at the time. Uh, late night talk shows. I like weird stuff. He likes very Carson-esque, so, normal stuff. So when you're talking about late-night comedies, who were you driven towards? I mean, that, I, I loved Conan at okay. the time, yeah. Um, now, the weirder the better, so... 
Uh, I'm blanking on his name right now. That's embarrassing. Because I don't. Eric know Andre. It. Jesus okay, Christmas. Eric Andre. Like Eric Andre is my favorite quote unquote late night mm-hmm. show now. Uh, so we were talking and we were like, "Well, let's do a show together," and that spawned into, "Well, okay, let's meet with Ralph Andraku, who was, I think, artistic director at the theater mm-hmm. at the time." And we had a meeting with him at Starbucks, and I remember it vividly because he said, "Start an improv duo first. Mm-hmm. and he approved the show. And we had, we had like four months to get ready for the first show. Started or six months. Started an improv duo first. So we said, "All right, fine, we'll move in together." <laughs> so I moved. I moved in with Rob Aliciani that <laughs> January, <laughs> and uh, that's so Corn Teeth started at about the same time. I'm uh, sorry. It was a weird. Hold I on. had a weird. Yeah, I told you. How does start an improv duo go to? Hey, let's move in together. Like, because uh, was it just like convenience you know, leases are up and like? No. So he had an extra room. Okay. And I was looking to move into Philly, so okay. it, that worked too. Um, but yeah, it just. We're both, if you've met both of us, we're both like, all right, let's just do it full. Let's just go for it. <laughs> so I moved in with them. Uh, <laughs> like, not long after either, maybe a month after that meeting, I was like, yeah, we're living together. <laughs> and uh, that, that the day I moved in was the first day we had a corn teeth meeting. Okay. Uh, so I I remember, like, dropping my stuff in my room and being like, bye, Dad. <laughs> and then just, like, turning around and here comes people into the house my bed's not <laughs> built yet i'm gonna put on full body pajamas and, and have a corn teeth meeting uh and we did that whole show that was awful but that team some of us stayed together and that's what transformed into too late eventually, okay which was me rob mallory stayed on and it's basically too late is just a late night talk show too too late is a late night talk show with two hosts instead of a host and a co-host done live yeah and, and originally so what you want might have wanted to hear was originally too late was supposed to be was called between two desks, uh, which we changed because it sounds just like between. Two Absolutely, yep. that's the first thing I thought. Yep, exactly. We're like, oh, we can't use that. But the premise was going to be the couch was in the middle of two desks, which is a really interesting stage setup. And like, I think if you didn't have that title, yes, it might have worked. It could still be an interesting. And we might bring it back eventually for something. But we realized it's but really the titles that the, the titles what killed it. Yeah, but also the idea that we both would be then talking. There's a good chance we'll be talking over each other to the guests. That, yeah. the guests you have to figure out that rhythm and everything, yeah. So we went with next to each other, uh, which works out because I can I can fuck with... Uh, can I curse on yeah, this? Yeah, I don't care. All right, I can screw with Rob <laughs> on, on stage a lot mm-hmm. more when I'm next to him than when I'm across from him. Um, so the first time you do Too Late, like who uh, are the guests? Who was the... Oh, I does, it, does it follow the same... Yeah, like we've we've never the same really format of we a late night talk changes. show. Yeah, so we have our opening monologue, which eventually we've changed the headlines because neither one of us can memorize a joke mm-hmm. and like sell it properly mm-hmm. without. And we, but, and then like two guests, a few bits, uh, and a stand up at the end or a musical guest mm-hmm. somewhere in there. Uh, it took us like a year or so before we added Sarah Clemency on as a house band. Yeah, but our first guest was, I don't remember his name. I'm an awful person. Uh, it's probably better I don't say his whole name. Dude was coked out. <laughs> he was an odd man, and he teaches acting. And he is. I'm, should I just keep adding details so people can figure out who he is? I'm sure there's an archive of like we can look it up if I have to. Oh yeah, I mean, I'm starting to remember his name, but I'm not going to say it now. Uh, so he, but he was a great guest because he was like, I was worried when he was going to get on stage and then he got on stage and reeled it in and was like, Oh cool. 
he knows what to you do. You know what you're doing. <laughs> no wonder you teach acting. Uh, so that was, but that show was that was the most nerve wracking thing like, I've ever done. Have you had other weird experiences with guests? Yeah, like, uh, ask why without not? without getting in the slander. Or, yeah, no, slander I can tell it's, you. It's so like we had Mike Jarek on, the who, from Fox. Okay, uh, and uh, he before the does show does he know what's happening? Like, does he? Understand, yeah, yeah, he like, knows what's happening. He was like maybe a second or third. Him and Nicole Marquis, owner of Hip City Veg, were guests together, okay. and they knew each other a little bit from before she was on that show. And he just apparently likes to mess with her. Okay. So I was like, uh-oh. I didn't find that out till the night of the show. <laughs> um, but he, he stayed off of her. But the weird experience was he went into, oh, man. He went into the bathroom beforehand. It was cool. Normally, he must have peed or something. Uh, when the show comes out, we're halfway through an interview with him. And he stands up. He's like, I have a question for all the women in the audience. Uh-huh. And my heart just drops. I'm like, oh, no. And he pulls out three tampons with different colors on them and starts asking them why they're different color wrapping. And it's because it's, you know. Oh, oh. The, uh, he's not pulling out. Like, no, he's no. They're wrapped out, like, tampons. Okay. Like, the, it's like, you know, Straight out of the box. Yeah. One's thin. One's he- for heavy. Yeah. You know. Blah, blah, blah. We're two guys. We get it. Uh, and he starts asking the women in the audience for him and, like, gives them to the women. And it was the first time where I'm like, oh, no. This is bad. <laughs> this is really bad. How do I get out of this? How do I get out of this? Uh, luckily, he's so good at doing that kind of thing that he yeah. managed to kind of squeeze himself out of it and sit down and went on. That's fine. But from then on, we had to be like, hey, guess, don't surprise us <laughs> with something. Just let us know. If you have a weird idea, we're all in for it. We'll support you 100%, but please don't surprise us. Just don't us. be like, uh. So we haven't gotten any like weird surprises. Uh, that's, that's too bad. Uh, we also have never, which I'm knocking on wood now, we never had a no-show in our two-and-a-half run, year well, run. Well, you only have one left, so. <sighs> so hopefully they show up. <laughs> Uh, yeah, because that would suck. Is it announced who's on the last one? No, not yet. I can announce Joey Gallagher will be one of our guests. Who's that? He is a non-traditional drag performer okay. in the city. He hosts, and right now he's performing in Songbird. He hosts Songbird. Okay, okay. Yeah, he's big in that community. It's it's great. He's awesome. Because you can announce whatever you if want. If he's still on Songbird, that'll be a night <laughs> of a performance. <laughs> um, so. Uh, Actually, looking, I'm checking to see if I can announce the other one as we go. <laughs> like, like, like permission from Rob or yeah. like, because it, it's I don't it's, yeah we can't it's Kevin Kelly, the yeah from uh I can never say the name right Anna Adonia oh, okay yeah so he's our other oh, so guest. The, oh, and Chip is our stand Chip oh, is our stand up that night but it's gonna be two hours so you're gonna have to like fill it with something uh it's an oh, hour and a half hour and a half okay yes, which fit doesn't know. You can keep that in. It's fine. Because oh, <laughs> it's not at midnight. No, we moved it's it to 1030, 1030 for this yeah. one so that we could get that extra half an hour. So you, ha- all right, the next thing that you're really big into doing that I know of is the kids program at FIT. Yes, I, I'm a teacher in the kids program. Uh, are, f- are you technically like the, of the family friendly shows? Like I direct the family friendly okay. show, yeah. Um, that hasn't debuted, it debuts hopefully in January. Yeah. So what's the, why, what's the draw to that? Uh, I've always liked working with kids. I, I actually was an elementary special ed major in college at first, and then I taught in a reform school in Philly once a week and went home crying every night. Like I couldn't handle it. It was yeah. just too much for me. So it was always a. I always wanted to find a way to get get back into helping kids, but I couldn't do it on a full time basis. Right. Just emotionally, and this, this just clicked. Like uh, I got a chance to be a TA and then a teacher. It was just fun, and and seeing 
seeing kids smile has always been something that's fun for me and enjoyable. So it's mm-hmm. like this was it. This was the thing that made it that combined the two worlds of like being silly and teaching kids. So like my question with the kids program is that like, are you getting like the like the stage mom kids like no actually. like are you just uh, getting I mean, kids that are like you get a weird it's a weird mix is it just <laughs> like uh, just like in an improv one on one class you get the people who are there and who then are, sketch, yeah sketch yeah, class sketch classes you get the people who are there because the kids who are there who are like I'm gonna be a Shakespearean actor in five years or the office cut up and the yeah. Like, and then oh, the kid who's just c- the kid who's just running full force into the wall, yeah. which was always me. Uh, and now we've added, they've actually added a bunch of diversity scholarships and scholarships to the program, mm-hmm. which has been great because I've, I had, I've had classes that kids have had such different experiences in the up to fourth grade that the comedy they bring out is is beautiful and it's pure and it's so reference based, mm-hmm. but like in a in a good way. Uh, I mean, I would put up, I put a fourth fifth grade class up against any improv team and be and say like i bet you i bet you they can get just as many laughs as you in this show sounds like the new round one for verses yeah round one for verses grade four <laughs> <laughs> and then with the family friendly shows like it's um an improv yep yeah, it's a, a team of adults doing improv that are gonna be it's gonna be like pg rated yeah. yeah uh and that's just starting to get rolling with that and it's fun eventually it's going to spawn into two shows there'll be a kid's show also like mm. a Dora the explorer style show mm-hmm. uh uh and there's also other like story up is in the city and started here and it that's a great show like there's, right. there's 100 like people should go see story up it's a great show uh i just think there's there's so much room for more like kids mm-hmm. need more and yeah. it's fun to see more opportunities for them to be out yeah because clear, i mean clearly like the extracurricular the post-school weekend things like i mean you have your boy scouts you have your rec leagues and everything but like yeah for now introducing them to the arts is is such a empowering thing i i did choir growing up that was my big thing mm-hmm. like and i think without it i would have i don't know i i mean i'm from a bad area I'm, i grew up with people who got arrested mm-hmm. and all that kind of stuff not to get dark and I think, like, choir and football, like, having those different things on the weekend and at night really is what kept me away from yeah, that kind of stuff. Yeah, because like, I grew up in Kensington for the first, like, 12, 13 years of my life, and I had Boy Scouts. I had church things, like, yep, a little bit of sports, but, like, those things kept me away from... Kept me away from drugs. Garbage was around, like... Too Late's wrapping down. Is that your choice, or is it... Yeah, me and Rob decided... That you're done with each yeah, other. It's just too. No, we're still gonna do our duo. We like each other. Don't <laughs> worry. Uh, we're, we're moving do out. Our the next day. I did move out. <gasps> I know. I moved out over a year ago, though. Uh, that's the thing. Is as soon as we moved, I moved out. It became harder to plan. Right. Which is normal. And but we think it's just like, hey, is this our number one priority anymore? And it's it. It was a big priority, but our hearts weren't in it as much as it was at the start. That okay. This is something that I probably could have brought up earlier, and this is something about writing style i had known that you and rob had lived together um and i always thought like if i lived with a creative collaborator where would i be would we constantly working or would we never want to work what's where was that balance for you guys i don't think we worked that much that was the thing like we would we were we had this good balance of hang out with each other mm-hmm. and like eventually sometimes we'd spitball weird ideas when we're sitting watching x files but for the most part, we stuck to when we had our meetings. Okay, uh, which I think was healthy because it's 
it would have been hard to like every day. Okay, what do you want to talk about today? Um, too late. Let's talk about too late. Seven days a week. So we were able to stick to it, uh, to that. But we also, when we both got into the scene, there it wasn't a big scene. Mm-mm. So we it's it's grown like so much more in the last we both four made or five house years. Teams out of our two hundred one improv class, we both had independent improv teams. We have other sketch projects. So we were busy. Yeah, and like too busy. Uh, so it was really too late. Became that like refreshing thing to get back together and mm-hmm. make we make breakfast for a whole cast when they came over and stuff like that and just hang out. Uh, so it wasn't like a everyday thing for sure. I mean, I worked on things constantly. I'm sure he did too with myself. Because mm-hmm. that's always own. the like that's always a question I want to like explore with the people, especially with in the city, all the duos that are romantic partners as well. Like, when is ro- like. As soon couple as couple time versus work time, yeah, like me and Rob had couple time more that's than always work time for sure. Okay, uh, <laughs> it, it, it's, like, it's the same thing. Like, like is curious about the writing process between people that have two groups or yeah, the how you work together and I definitely write differently for Too Late than I do for like any other sketch project. Sure. Well, I mean, it's yeah. it's a different it's beast. A different show. Just, it's a whole different show to start out with. Um, and then you mentioned that you're doing a solo in. Yeah, I'm doing it's called Tuzi. Tuzi, which is my last name, uh, pronounced wrong. Uh, <laughs> it's Wait. actually pronounced Tuzi. This is the first time I've ever actually said that out loud. Really? Okay, so it's not just me that's been saying it wrong for everyone the last... says it wrong. Uh, for my whole life, it's always been Tuzi. But uh, the actual official, the way my parents and my grandparents said it was Tuzi. Huh? Yeah, I just don't care. Right. It's just a name, like. Uh, it kind of took over. It kind of became like a nickname even through my right. like, high school life. Huh. So, like, people call you Joe Tuzzi all the time. All the time. Yep. And, they're, and you just stopped correcting them. Yep. Like, when did that happen? I like, uh, haven't corrected a person since maybe fifth grade, probably. Wow. I just didn't care. I mean. That's. Wow. Okay. So, Tuesday <laughs> in January. Yep. Tuesday in, Feb- in Jan- end of Jan- January 19th and 20th. Okay. Fit. And it's a one-person sketch show. You're doing everything. I'm doing every single thing by myself. And uh, every sketch is going to be very short because I only have 22 minutes. It's going to be mostly blackout sketches. And every sketch is going to be based on a word from the letter of the alphabet. Oh, okay. Okay. So that's what that horrible. That's what that horrible Facebook timeline clogging thing from a couple weeks ago was. That's that's an interesting. uh, I lost 36 friends on Facebook (laughs) because of that. Do you know which 36 it was? Have you like? It was no one I cared about. Right. Uh, I do. There is one person who keeps from high school keeps showing up as like suggested friend. "Ah, (laughs) So that's one. There's one. Okay. That's that's good to know. Which that's good when you find out who has unfriended you by those means. I mean, I don't blame them. No. (laughs) I mean, (laughs) whoever unfollowed or unfriended me that day, I was like, yep, I get it. (laughs) So that's in January. Yes. Too late's ending. Too late's ending. What else 30th. is other than the kids program? Is there anything else uh, that you're? I'm on a house team at Fit called Fjord. Fjord. I'm on an improv team, Bill Parks, that's been going since three years, over three years now. Okay, been a while. Uh, and then I have passed the mic at Fit, What's which that? is a, a newer variety show. We just had our third one. Um, it's nine comics on stage and one microphone, and someone starts off by telling a true story, and from that point on, anyone can tag in and tell any story they want whether it's like not continuing that story tell their own personal stories based on that hmm. it's just a bunch of tagging back and forth 10 seconds to like three minute long stories back and forth all 40 minutes hmm. it's and a weird concept show that's way easier to show than explain right uh, right i actually 
uh, saw at UCB, and I had to reach. I reached out to the creator, Sean Conroy, and he gave me permission to do it at Fit. Oh, that's fancy. Yeah. That's that's. I like that. I like when we take shows from other places yep. and you reach out and do it. Like, I was like, I'm gonna reach out, make sure I do this the right way. Is it okay if me and Jake Matera host the show down here? And he was thanked me and said, No one asked me. People always steal it. And just keep sending me your dates because if I can ever come down for one, I'd love to be on it. And I was like, Cool, oh, that's so nice. Because Sean. Because I remember seeing that created by Sean Conroy and the ads, and I'm trying to remember which one that is, because I kn- I've heard that name before. I know he's a writer for Conan. He does a lot of UCB stuff. He also has a a podcast. Uh, what's his podcast? Uh, I forget what it's called, but it's <laughs> I'm bad with names, as you can tell from this interview. And I'm sorry for that. You mentioned you get you got into it because of a breakup and like yeah, trying to fill a different time. Why is comedy stuck with you? It's fun. <laughs> does that make sense? It makes me feel. Uh, it makes me feel happy. I I I love the sound of laughter, mm-hmm. and I always have, and I know I always will. And it's just an outlet to do that. But also, it's fun to to have an idea, and then see something about it to mm-hmm. see it become something. So so I think it's just that uh, I've always had projects in my life, whether it's like football that was a project. I always viewed it as that. So comedy's that now for me. And okay. And it's the most fulfilling part of that. Plus, I met my amazing girlfriend, Sam Abrams, doing it. Aww. And then, <laughs> okay, you brought the sketch that you, you say is horrible, Ooh. even though you've done it multiple times. Oh, God. Since this point, since going through 101, 201, what's something that you've learned about writing comedy, not just improving like... Yeah. No, with writing comedy, I, I think... About preparing comedy that you can share with somebody. I think what I've learned most and I would share is uh, figure out what's funny in your idea so i always had these ideas like this thing and i i just all right i'm just gonna write that idea out mm-hmm. and now it's more of like why is that idea funny why is what a newscaster being bad at his job and mumbling and stuff be yeah. funny to me and i think it's made my sketches more more funny yeah. <laughs> funnier so so i would say just like try and figure out the why is the best way. Apparently, sean conroy's podcast is called the, the long, long shot, shot podcast and i've listened to it so many times <laughs> Oh man! <sighs> I hope he doesn't listen to this and he goes, "You know what? Don't use that show anymore." <laughs> <laughs> you know, what? I don't trust you anymore. Thanks, Joe. I threw a curveball in the interview and asked Joe about all that and his favorite all that cast member, but I forgot to ask the question I ask of everyone. So I reached out after we recorded, and Joe said his favorite cast member of Saturday Night Live was John Belushi. The series finale of Too Late with Rob and Joe happens this Friday, December 30th at 10.30 p.m. Joe's improv team, Fjord, performs every Saturday night. Joe's one-man show, Toosie, will take place January 19th and 20th on a bill with The 19th. And more information for all those shows can be found at fitcomedy.com. My First Sketch is a Philly Sketchfest production. You can find out more information at phillysketchfest.com or on Twitter at phlsketchfest. Also, for more information about comedy in Philly, head to watercooler.com. The music on this episode is by the band No-No, which you can check out at nonoband.bandcamp.com. And, of course, like My First Sketch on Facebook. This is Josh Hyam. Thanks for listening. And if I don't see you beforehand, Happy New Year. Let's rock 2017.